Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 97. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button on the homepage, and download your Filler Up book today. It's free at CarsYeah.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm really excited to introduce a very special guest, Yoav Gilad. Yoav, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready to go. Yoav is the editor of Petrolicious. He was raised in Washington, D.C. in the suburbs where he spent his young adulthood getting speeding tickets, starting car clubs, and getting a degree in economics from the University of Maryland. He founded a national nonprofit organization dedicated to providing support to people who are awaiting organ transplants. You're going to understand that story a little bit later. The allure of endless hours playing with pencils, markers, and clay was just too strong, so he decided to follow his passion for cars, design, and sketching, and he moved to Pasadena, California to attend the Art Center College of Design for another bachelor's degree, and this time it was in transportation design. Yoav has worked in fashion, graphics, products and transportation design, and he's taught at the Art Center for Kids program. He started his own website, keepitwideopen.com, and after an epic Porsche road trip that I hope we hear a little bit about, and some help from Haggerty Insurance, Petrolicious hired him as their editor. When he's not writing, editing, or taking photographs, he's out driving, and he's still getting a couple speeding tickets. So, Yoav, I told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your history, your career, your interests, and, of course, your passion for automobiles. Absolutely, Mark. I've been asked several times by many friends, you know, why uh, I'm such a, a, a car guy, you know, what it is. And, and I wish I could point to one singular moment in my childhood or, or some event that happened, but, but I... For as long as I can remember, I've been a car guy, um, and, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the freedom. Maybe it's the speed. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a car guy, and, and I've always known that I wanted to work in the industry, and, and I'm excited and happy to, to be doing just that. Well, it's really interesting to me. As I, in our little pre-show chat, we were talking about the people that have been on Cars Yeah, and Cars Yeah is all about inspiring automotive enthusiasts. And you got your first degree in economics, and we're going on a completely other path. But that that passion for cars was pulling on you. You ended up back at one of the most prestigious car design schools I can think of, Art Center. What went on to cause you to take that big bold move and change career paths and head back that way? <laughs> um, it's funny. While I was at University of Maryland, I, I think I had every single major you could possibly have there, <laughs> um, and and basically, no matter what I was studying, I was trying to tie it into cars. You know, for a while, I was a mechanical engineer. For a while, I was an electrical engineer. For a while, I was an English major because I thought I could be a journalist. 
et cetera, et cetera. Amusingly enough, I took a, a macroeconomics class just sort of on a whim, and I, I actually loved it. So I was like, well, oh, this is cool. I can, you know, I could be a businessman. And, and so I wound up following that path and went into business for myself, but also started that nonprofit that you mentioned. Worked on that for a few years, but it sort of didn't, didn't really fulfill me. It wasn't a pursuit of passion for me. Mm -hmm. It was something where I felt like I was having a very positive impact. But after a certain amount of time, I guess I became selfish and, and wanted to do something that I would feel passionately about, that I really wanted to do, that I would love, and that would fulfill me every single day. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to leave what I was doing and to move out to Pasadena and, and go to school. Before we get into some of the specific questions I like to ask here at Cars Yeah, you started your own website, keepitwideopen.com. Can you tell us a little bit about that website and what was what it was all about? It sounds like it's car-related and may tie back to your speeding ticket issue. It sounds like you may have a, a little problem with. It sounds like it led to this road trip and a Porsche and some help from Haggerty. We've had McKeel Haggerty and several several other people from Haggerty Insurance Company here on Cars Yeah as a guest. And then, of course, it led you down the path to Petrolicious. So could you kind of right. walk us through that trail? Sure. Well, I, I graduated from Art Center in 2009, and I freelanced for a couple of years, a few years. Um, and it was at the, you know, at the bottom of the car industry when, when I came out. And so no one was hiring. I freelanced and just had to hustle for every single job that I got. And I got some great ones. But ultimately, you know, I think I, I sort of tired of, of drawing and chasing these jobs and wanted to try to make it on my own. And and I'd like to think that I'm a, a decent writer. I don't know. Some of the uh, listeners may disagree. But I, I started <laughs> Keep It Wide Open to uh, basically to, to try to write, to make a go of it, to, to share my passion with the rest of the world, which was, essentially driving and road trips. Mm -hmm. So Keep It Wide Open was, was started as a way for me to document my travels and the way I think about cars and the way I see them. So one of the first things that I did for Porsche's 50th anniversary uh, and with Amelia Island coming up, I decided to buy a, a cheap Porsche 911. I had a couple of requirements. Basically, I wanted it to be as mechanically sound as possible. It had to be a 911 and condition didn't matter, but I wanted it to be less than $10,000 because I didn't want to, you know, anyone can buy a, a 991 and spend a hundred, whatever thousand, sure. but I wanted something cheap and cool that would make it. So I bought the car. I found a silver 1977 911S and it was about 9,200 bucks, mechanically great. And nine days later, I left for Amelia Island with a friend. We made it there. No problems. Did, did, uh, close to triple digits most of the way. <laughs> You know, went to the event, and, and that's actually where I met two of the Haggerty people, Rob Sass and Claire Walters. Yeah, Rob's uh, been on Cars, yeah? Yeah, I think I've, I've heard his interview. Yeah. And had a great time out there, and somehow Jay Leno's Garage heard about me or something like that, and Robert Angelo shot a segment with me and made it onto a, the Jay Leno's Garage. I think most people were, were kind of upset that I wasn't Jay, but <laughs> it was kind of a thrill for me. Uh, and then turned right around, drove it back to L.A. Uh, we did break down in the middle of the uh, New Mexico desert. Basically, the points uh, needed to be reset. Mm -hmm. But eventually, we made it home and, uh, you know, weren't too much worse for the wear. I turned around and sold the car about three months after that. But 
Um, I never had any intention of keeping it and had a blast doing the drive and writing about it. And yeah, it was, it was a heck of an experience. It sounds like a whole lot of fun. And I'll tell you a little side note here. My very first Porsche uh-huh. 911 way back was a 74 911S. So the same oh, okay. model era as your 77. Right. And I broke down once on the way to a business, uh, it was my daily driver, I broke down on the way to a business meeting, rather, right in the middle of the busiest intersection in San Diego, California. Car, <laughs> the car just stopped, and I had to get out, and oh, I was wow. trying to push it, you know, with my, my business shoes on and my suit, and I just remember this one lady drove by and yelled at our window, serves you right, you rich bat, I won't say the word, what she said, but, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not rich, I, I had to save a long time to buy this old used car. <laughs> And you know what? It was the points. That's what caused my failure. So when you said that, I thought, oh, my gosh, that sounds familiar. So what a great story. You took a road trip, started a website, and ended up in your field of passion. And that's what we love here at Cars Jazz, people who take their passion and wrap their avocation around their vocation. So I think that's absolutely Mm -hmm. fantastic. And you ended up at Petrolicious as the editor, so you get to to combine all your creativity, your writing, your photography, your editing, everything back into what you're doing. What a great story. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. And this is something that's been instrumental in informing your life and your success, something that's important to you. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Jazz if you haven't already done that. So, Yav, take the wheel. All right. Well, I'm not sure that it's a quote that I'm conscious of all the time. But looking back, it seems to definitely define a lot of the things that I do, and that is that fortune favors the bold. Mm. You know, I believe in taking chances and taking measured risks and seeing what you can accomplish. If you, if you, you know, I'm sure there's another cliche about standing on the sidelines. True enough, if you stand on the sidelines, if you don't take the chance, you'll never achieve what you want. Oh, it's great. And I love the way you've incorporated that quote into your approach to life. You certainly have not stood on the sidelines, that road trip you shared with us, and the fact that you changed career paths and took a chance and you've ended up working in the field of passion is fantastic. Could you share a story with us that really instigated your passion for cars, that moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy? I don't know that I can think of a moment that really sparked the passion uh, because I think that it's always been within me for whatever reason. As I said earlier, I, there, there isn't a singular moment. I've just, as long as I can remember, I've been a car guy. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you what keeps me going. Sure. So this last weekend here in L.A., Ferrari North America celebrated their 60th oh, yeah. uh, anniversary. Yep. Um, it was a pretty big event. You know, the, the entire Internet went crazy over it. I showed up early, as I always try to do to these events, because the crowds are a lot smaller. It's still dark out. You can shoot the cars as the sun comes up. So heading down Wilshire, I fly by Rodeo Drive, and I start making a left onto the next street, and turning right, perpendicular to me, is a 62 Ferrari GTO. And and I'm in my NSX, and I'm probably at about 4,000 RPM, and I can hear the GTO's engine over mine. (laughs) And it's just roaring, and, you know, he comes around the turn, doesn't even brake, and and I started yelling to myself in the car, GTO, GTO. <laughs> and, and and it's just like these exciting moments that, I don't know, it, it sounds kind of silly. And even at the time, I, I felt ridiculous doing that and, you know, just sort of looking at myself. But 
you never see one of these on the street, let alone driving and dri- driving hard. And so to see that, it was, it was just awesome. Well, I understand, and I believe our listeners here at Cars, yeah, understand the passion for cars runs really deep. You know, I've been married for 30 years, and when I met my wife, Jill, we were in college, and I was detailing cars, and I used to detail this lady's 911. I did it every week. Jill always asked me, what's so special about Porsches? Why do you like Porsches? And I said, it's just the engine sound, those cam chains. They just make this sound. And, of course, she wasn't into cars. She didn't know anything about cam chains. But a few weeks later, we were having lunch. We were sitting outside in this restaurant. And down the street, there's this car coming. And she turns and looks at me. And she goes, do you hear those cam chains? And I looked at her. (laughs) And I went, what? And a 911 drives by. And it was that moment I decided, that's the gal I'm going to marry. (laughs) she understands my passion so yelling gto hey yell loud and yell (laughs) often that's great i love it so you all what i want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood a little bit i wondered if you could share with us a huge challenge that you've faced in your life or your career that was really difficult but more importantly what you learned from it and how you overcame that situation all right, well, this isn't really correlated, but about 14 years ago, I had to have a double lung transplant, and it was, you know, my health was failing, and, and when I initially met the surgeon, he didn't expect me to even make it to the surgery, let alone survive. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I was on a waiting list, yeah, I was on a waiting list for a couple of years, and finally, uh, my pager, we had pagers back then, uh, went off and, you know, drove to the hospital and Three weeks later, I went home with new lungs. Wow. Um, it was it was a heck of an experience. It happened when I was about 25. Uh, so I'm sure that, you know, this is part of the reason that my philosophy is sort of fortune favors the bold, because I'm very aware of, of my own mortality and life in, in general and how short it is. And, you know, I don't want to have any regrets. So so if my life ended tomorrow, I'd, I'd like to know that I... I tried what I could and, and did the best that I could and, you know, tried to accomplish something. Well, first and foremost, thank you for sharing a, a really personal challenge. That was wonderful. But I think it's a great lesson for everybody. And when we're young, 25, 20 years old, or even 30, and we think that we're going to live forever, sometimes that's not true. And stories like this are great because it reminds us, you know what, tomorrow we might get whacked by a bus. You just don't know yeah. what might happen. So, Carpe diem, seize the day, and do the best you can with this life you have, and make sure you're doing something that you're passionate with. Thanks for sharing that with us. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. You know, you had a time in your life when you made a big, bold career change and decided to go down a different path. I always like to talk about aha moments in people's careers and in their lives. Is there a time in particular that you had a real aha moment about taking this path around cars? And could you tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success? Basically, a couple of years after the surgery, I realized that, you know, I wanted it to be more about me. And and again, maybe it was selfish, but I realized that I could make a go of it, that I should try something new. And and what I had always wanted to be was a car designer. Um, I've been drawing since I can remember. You know, I still have some of my earliest sketches. My parents still have some of my earliest sketches from when I was three, four years old. And and it's just something that I always wanted to do. It's funny looking back now, I did it for a while, and, and now I'm no longer really a car designer. But I'm glad that I did it, and, and I'm 
you know, I'm glad that I that I bought the ticket and took the ride and <laughs> what have you. I'm proud of the accomplishment. Well, it's a great story. We've had many guests here on Cars, yeah, that have similar stories. I just interviewed a young man earlier this week, Me Too, who has a site that is Aqua Relief where he wants to be a car designer, and he just started sketching cars. And we talked about this a little in the pre-show chat where he actually uses his morning coffee to color his sketches. And he's created a website like you did, and is putting his work out there, putting himself out there, and really trying to follow his dream and follow his passion. So I think that's great. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Talk about proud moments. Is there a moment that you really would call your proudest moment in your career to date? I think probably getting hired by Petrolicious uh, would, would, if not the top, would certainly have to be among the top. Mm-hmm. You know, if nothing else, it, it's validation that maybe I am saying some of the right things and that people appreciate what I do have to say and what I have to share. And and that that's great. I mean, shows that it wasn't for nothing, and, and, and it's great to be appreciated. Sure. Well, what's great I love about Petrolicious is it's all about cars, and what you're doing there as, as the editor and the creative guy there is fantastic and uh, you can go on the site you can watch the videos but there's so much more there's great stories great photography and the site is becoming even more than what it was originally so uh yeah you do have a lot to be proud for you've done a great job there it's a really oh, thank you yeah, I appreciate you're welcome it's a really fun site let's have a little fun here what was your first really special car and if you could maybe share a memory you had with that vehicle um Oh, I could answer that two ways. My first really special car was my first car, just because it was a car. Mm-hmm. Um, the day I turned 16, I went and I got my license uh, and wound up buying, you know, this old Dodge Raider two-door. It was, you know, I, I, I'm a sports car guy, and I would have killed for a sports car at that point, but that's what I wound up buying because it's what I could afford. Sure. And I tried my best to turn it into a sports car, in, <laughs> only in my manner of driving. Yep. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it, like any first car for the most part. You know, it, it's not a great car; it just does the job. But I had some great times with it. Probably had a little too much fun with it. Uh, but but yeah, it was it was a heck of a car. If you want to talk about really special, cars, yeah, let's talk about really uh, special cars. <laughs> Definitely. Probably. Uh, probably my Honda S2000. Mm-hmm. I bought a 2002 Honda S2000 uh, new. It was the first car that I owned that I felt was like a proper, was a proper car. It's incredible. I mean, it handles well. It, it brakes incredibly. The transmission is the best one I've ever experienced. Um, a lot of people point to its lack of power or small engine, but I don't know. I, I just love driving it. It's thrilling and it revs like a motorcycle. I love it. <laughs> well, and I, you're driving an NSX now, so you're, you've stayed in the Honda world. And, of course, the NSX is a, a spectacular car as well, isn't it? It is. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. I've got a good friend who has one that he can't keep his hands off his cars. And, of course, he's done all sorts of modifications to that thing to make it faster oh. and all that. But uh, right. they're really fun vehicles. They are. They are. It's funny. I I never imagined driving anything else but the S2000, and I actually bought the Acura, never having driven one. It was sort of going to be like the Porsche road trip story, and actually we're going to be running uh, the road trip story about the NSX, uh, I think, starting on Friday. Oh, great. But 
Yeah, I bought it online, never having seen it. Uh, the owner was in Georgia, uh, and I'd never driven an NSX, but the price was pretty good, and I figured, well, even if I hate it, I'll get it back to L.A., and I won't lose money. Yeah. But I drove it, and, and I love it. And like your friend, I can't keep my hands off of it. I, it's now my daily driver. What about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've had that you let go that you really wish you could have back? There really aren't any. I had a 96 Cadillac Fleetwood Brome that all my coworkers make fun of me for. <laughs> uh, you know, they never saw it. I just told them about it, which I thought was cool. So it definitely wasn't that one. It was okay. I don't think I've ever really had seller's remorse. Oh, you're a lucky uh, guy. I, 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 I am. But there is one car that I didn't buy that I wish I would have. Oh, okay. Uh, and that that was a 55 Chrysler New Yorker. Ooh. And I believe it had the fire dome engine, and it was original and perfect. And this was in the late 90s, and it was like $2,000. I don't know why I didn't buy it, but I didn't. And I still like think about that car to this day and, <laughs> and wish I had. I mean, it was, yeah. it was amazing. Oh, sounds like fun. Is there a project that you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Uh, well, I, I think that the stuff going on here at Petrolicious is pretty exciting. I mean, we're, we're constantly developing new content. Uh, personally, I was recently married, and we're in a new place, and so I'm trying to fix it up. So that's taking up some of my free time and then just also working on my cars constantly. Sure. <laughs> but most exciting is just the stuff that's going on at work and yeah is there something at petrolicious you guys are uh i know that uh i've uh, shared with me some new things coming but uh, is there anything you can share with me that you guys are are working on that uh your your watchers and readers can look forward to uh yeah well we're working on a few different series of articles right now and, and obviously we have a lot of a lot more videos coming uh but just working on a few different series uh, of articles, uh, some that have more of a technology focus, some that have more of a personality focus. Um, so just a variety of things that we're hoping to develop and, and publish in the next few months. Well, I just uh, this morning enjoyed watching your video, David Hobbs and the Ferrari. Oh. Yeah, the Ferrari uh, 512. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Oh, gosh, what a magnificent car. <laughs> right? And he's, yeah. he's got such history and, and such presence. You know, I love watching him on the uh, Formula One. He's one of the commentators for Formula One yeah, cars. He's absolutely. got such knowledge. So that was a great score in your guys' part. I really enjoyed that. Thanks for uh, oh, thank starting you. my morning off with uh, some <laughs> V12 excitement. <laughs> that was great. It's funny. You know, we, we obviously watch the videos before they go live, and, you know, they're constantly being edited and re-edited. But we get just as excited as, as everybody else. I mean, you know, we watch them over and over and over frequently because of the sound and the visuals. And, I mean, we, you know, everybody that works here is a, is a car guy also sure. or car girl. Yep. And, and yeah, we, you know, it comes from a place of passion. And so we love watching the stuff too. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really great. And for the listeners out there, you've got to get, uh, log on to Petrolicious and, and watch the videos. And this one in particular, I mean, they're all great, but this one is really cool because the cars is so special. So, Hey, this is an interesting question. It always is a little revealing to my guests here on cars. Yeah. If you were a car, not your favorite car, but if you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Huh. What kind of car would I be? The first thing that comes to mind is probably the Honda S2000. It's pretty easygoing and not maybe terribly exciting off the line, 
But once you get it going, it really gets going. <laughs> Perhaps it could be described as a little mercurial. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah, I, uh, I could definitely describe myself in the same manner. That's um, great. I love asking that question because people that answer it honestly, uh, I had one, one guest who works around exotic vintage cars all day, but he said, you know, uh-huh. I would just be a Volvo. I'm kind of a basic guy because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really exciting. I, I'm, I'm hardworking and serious mm-hmm. and, and I can be trusted and I'm always going to be there for you. But he goes, I'm thinking, wow, you work around exotic cars all day, but you did answer that question very honestly. So I love love <laughs> you doing that for me today. So, Yoav, we're up to the last lap, and this is where I'll, I'm going to fire off a series of questions, and you're going to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you're buckled up and ready? I'm ready to go. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Slow down. <laughs> Oh, that's funny, especially when we were talking about speeding tickets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great. Can you, And for the kids listening, yeah, definitely, slow down. <laughs> Keep the speed up on the track, but the streets, slow down, unless you're, yeah. in, a, unless you're in a GTO. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Could you share with us one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? I think a lot of it has to do just with work ethic and drive and ambition. I get to work early, and I and I work hard, and... I guess just hard work. Yep, yep, work hard. Absolutely. Exactly. Do you have a resource that you could share with our listeners that you're really fond of? Maybe it's a website you go to or a blog that you get? Uh, Yeah. There's a photographer that I I like a lot, and he's actually also a a Porsche Owners Club officer, I believe. Um, He doesn't have a website, but he does have a Facebook page for his photography. Mm -hmm. He used to be a commercial photographer. Now he just shoots for pleasure. And I believe the Facebook page is Alexander Bermudez Automobilist. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, and, and it's a variety of his shots, some from the racetrack, some from canyon runs at, at sunrise. Um, they're just really, really beautiful, and, and I love looking at his photography. Oh, uh, great. Well, I'll make sure that we post that up on your show notes page so people can find him as well. And maybe I should give him cool. a call and talk about having him as a guest on Cars. Yeah, that would be great. Absolutely. He's, I, I'm actually also uh, friends with him, and, and he's a, a great guy. Oh, and there you go. Loves talking about Porsches. So. Yeah, well, maybe you can make an introduction then. That would be great. Absolutely. Great. Cool. How about a book? Is there a book that you've either recently read or you, a book just from your past that you'd really like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I loved On the Road by Kerouac, and it's funny. I never read that until like three or four years ago, uh-huh. which is somewhat surprising. I loved uh, Gene Jennings. It's sort of an anthology. I think it's called Road Trips, Head Trips, mm-hmm. and Other Car Crazed Writing. <laughs> She's great. Yeah, and, and, and I think it was published with her maiden name, Jean Lindemood. I, I really enjoyed reading it. Oh, great. A well, while back. Yeah, she's yeah. another one on, on my list I'd love to have as a guest on Cars. Yeah, I love reading her writing. She seems like a, a real true car gal. She is, yeah. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? I used to. Most of my time is now taken up between work and, and cars and being married. And so <laughs> I used to play ice hockey. I don't know. And it's probably not, not a great answer. No, no, um, that's fine. It, it brings another side of you out. But I understand being, being newly married and, and busy in your career. And uh, I think you're, you're a fortunate guy on two fronts. And uh, it's, uh, marriage is great. I've been married for 30 years now and uh, wish you all the best with that. But uh, that's okay. You. Yeah, stick with the cars. You'll keep having some fun there. <laughs> 
That's great. Well, I'll remind our listeners that you can find all these resources that Yoav has shared with us today at carsyad.com. Just log in. You can type in Yoav, Y-O-A-V, his name into the show search bar, and his show notes page will pop right up, and you can find links to everything, including Petrolicious right there. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, and you know what that means. And this last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could only have one collector car in your garage and money's no object, I'm going to buy you whatever you want today, what would that vehicle be and why would you choose it? I'd probably have to say, or I'd definitely have to say, a Lamborghini Countach LP400. Oh, the first generation. The Periscopo? That's right. Oh, um, yes. It's sort of counter to my driving ethos, which is to drive really good driving cars. Um, I think the NSX, the S2000 are both world-class in terms of their driving experience. And while I've never driven a Countach, I understand it's actually miserable to drive. (laughs) Yes, you know, we had a guest on the show, Steve Anderson. He's an automotive illustrator and a designer at General Motors. And he had a, uh, I believe it was a little bit later generation, but he called that car a glass coffin. (laughs) (laughs) and so uh, but i think it is truly a designer's car but what is it about that car that just pulls on your heartstrings i think that's it i think that it's you know it's one of gandini's best designs it's it's so shocking and so otherworldly i mean there are no other street cars that really have that kind of presence that have that kind of appearance you could put you could point to other cars there are similar wedges, maybe the Stratos or the Lotus Esprit. But even those cars, I don't really believe fully match the impact that the Countach has. Oh, um, yeah. it, It's just incredible, I think. It's a beautiful car, and I was fortunate enough to visit the Lamborghini factory a couple of years ago uh, during a trip in Italy where we also got to see the Ferrari factory. And we oh, got a, a tour of their museum there, and it's not a big museum at Lamborghini. It's a pretty small company. And the lady that was walking us around showed us the first Countach that they ever built. And she was telling us a story about the name. She said that when they took that car out into the... Because the the town that Lamborghini is in is pretty small, and there's just farms around it. And they were out driving it, and the car broke down. And this uh, farmer drives up with his cart and a, a donkey pulling it. And he looks at the car and says, Countach. And apparently it's an Italian description for wild or crazy or oh amazing or something like that i don't remember the exact interpretation or translation but when he said that the test driver went back to lamborghini and said this is what this guy said about the car this is what we need to name this because they hadn't chosen a name yet now i don't know how true that story is but she was the docent at the museum so i figured she knew what was going on and the car they had at the museum there was painted green and she opened up the back and she said, see that little chip of paint? See how it's red underneath? Well, when they took the first car to the first car show, it was red. And they went to a second car show and they didn't want anyone to know that they had only built one. They wanted everyone to think there were two. So they painted the car green and took it to the show so everyone thought there was a second car. So so there's a little trivia for you. But if you ever get to the Lamborghini factory, you're going to love seeing that that very first Countach there. It's a pretty special Uh, car. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. A designer's car for sure, as it was way out there, just as the Miura was so far out there. Yeah. Yeah. 
was great. Well, Yoav, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with us. Would you give our listeners and me one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Lamborghini? <laughs> Take chances because you never know where they'll get you. Uh, Better to, to know than to wonder. Yes, I love that. That's a great piece of advice. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Petrolicious and you and what's going on there? We'd love it if they came and visited just Petrolicious.com. Okay, and you guys have a Facebook page as well, right? We do, yeah. Facebook.com slash Petrolicious. All right. Listeners, I'll remind you, you can find links to everything that Yoav has shared with us today at CarsYeah.com. And just log on to his show notes page. You'll find links there. It'll take you to the land of Petrolicious where everything is definitely delicious when it comes to cars. <laughs> it's a fantastic site. I want to thank you for being so generous with your time today, your expertise, and, and sharing your experiences and your stories with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. I look forward to it. All right. It was great. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.